Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Let's, oh, we got another David. Hello, David. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. I'm a big fan. Thank you, sir. Uh, thanks for all that you're doing. Well, I appreciate um, it. I, I, uh, I recently learned something, um, and in the Hebrew language, uh, which has been around for many thousands of years, um, words have real deep meaning. It's really beautiful. Um, it has deep meaning in, in Hebrew, names, things like that. Um, and if you look up the word Hamas, and I don't know if Hamas calls themselves Hamas, or they call themselves something different, but it, it means terrorist, violence. Very interesting that if, you know, maybe the Jewish call them that, or, but the, the word's been around for thousands of years, and now they're calling them that, or I don't know if they call themselves that, maybe it's a different name, but very interesting that that's what they are called in and now labeled. So I had heard that, well, I mean, I, I had read, a while ago, that Hamas is an acronym, um, and I went and looked this up while you were talking. It's an Arabic acronym for. Okay, I'm not going to try to read. Well, Harakat al Mukawama al Islamiyah. All right, yeah. So, so it's an acronym, H A M A S. That's why sometimes you'll see it all capitalized. Have you ever seen that? Um, that's why they do it because it's the it's an acronym for the organization, and apparently, according to the Jewish Chronicle. Um, that means the Islamic resistance movement, but the word Hamas is also an Arabic word that means zeal. Arabic and Hebrew are sister languages. The Hebrew meaning of C-H-A-M-A-S or Hamas, that means violence. Violence, yeah. Violence. Um, and it's referring to the violence that filled the earth before the flood. That's, I, I was not aware of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Well, it is. I agree. I appreciate the call, David. Thank you. Uh, thank I mean, you see, yeah. Um, I, I, I never heard that there was this, uh, this double meaning. Um, speaking of Hamas, there is a fellow by the name of Mossab Hassan Youssef. He is the son of a founder of Hamas. And he went on to... Uh, a uh, program hosted by Piers Morgan. It's called Uncensored. And I will say, uh, I have been watching quite a bit of Piers Morgan's interviews. He has been bringing on a lot of different people to talk about this over the last three weeks. And I thought he's been doing, I think he's been doing a pretty good job. He's been giving, because he's not a fan of Bibi Netanyahu. He's not a fan of, Israeli, you know, politics and stuff like he's he's sympathetic to the Palestinian cause and stuff. But he does give, you know, equal time. He brings on people and he interviews them and sometimes it gets tough for them. He asks some tough questions. So this one, though, was with this uh, Mossab Hassan Youssef. He is also known as the Green Prince. Because he's the son. Green is Hamas's color. And um Youssef appears uh, 
on the program after a bunch of other Palestinian guests have been invited to give their perspectives on the on the war. Right. So Yusef is coming on after them. So he has seen or heard the comments from the previous guests. So if you hear him make a reference to what he just heard, that's what he's talking about. You know, since its establishment, uh, Hamas uh, uh, has one goal in mind, which is annihilating the state of Israel. Like the best, let's say, compromise that they could do is having a truce for 15 years, a ceasefire for 15 years as maximum, you know, but with no guarantee how they will act after. It's absurd. Uh, it's not a secret that Hamas wants to destroy the state of Israel. They cannot accept Israel or accept uh, Israel's right to exist. What was the point uh, that you decided to get out of there, to, to flee this world, this environment you've been brought up in? You know, I, I have, I have m- many reasons. Since I was a child, I asked my father many questions about Hamas delusions, about their brutality about their abuse of power. And always he justified, you know, their uh, position. Then I was imprisoned with Hamas. I spent about 27 months in Israeli prisons where Hamas was torturing their own members, our own people within Israeli prisons. They killed actually and tortured hundreds of prisoners. Uh, And this is when I start asking myself the question, what if Hamas become the ruler at some point? What will they do to our people? And uh, many years later, Hamas became the ruler of Gaza. And uh, I wasn't surprised uh, by their uh, brutality. When you heard what happened on October the 7th, what was your feeling about that? Look, as I told you, I'm not surprised by Hamas brutality, but I was surprised by the scale of their attack. You know, not to this degree, wiping out entire communities, you know, messing with a nuclear power, the most powerful country in the region, a country with a, a trauma, a great trauma from the past, with a, a memory of a Holocaust and uh, all the Nazis did in the past century. You, they opened uh, the gates of hell on the Palestinian people. This is how irresponsible this group people are, you know, that they are willing to actually sacrifice many Palestinian children, the entire Palestinian people, and use them as a fuel to just achieve their ideological uh, agendas, their religious agendas. They are careless. They don't care for the human life. We have to separate between what so-called Palestinian cause and Hamas cause. Hamas cause is a sick one. It's coming from the pit of hell, you know, and they need to be removed uh, from power. This is my message. As an ex-Hamas member, as a son of one of Hamas founders, that enough of this. If we don't stop them now, the next war is going to be deadlier. And only God knows what will happen next if Hamas is not finished as soon as possible. So this guy, Youssef, he has... Uh in 2010, he wrote an autobiography. It was called Son of Hamas. And uh, it was later adapted into a movie called The Green Prince. And he talks about growing up in the West Bank city of Ramallah as the son of Hassan Youssef, co-founder of Hamas. He got imprisoned, as he mentioned there. 
and he later became an informant and then an advocate for Israel. In response to subsequent questioning regarding what portion of uh, the Gazan Palestinians sympathized with or supported Hamas, he said uh, that when Hamas is ousted, he said they'll be happy. You know, once Hamas is removed from power, we're going to witness people celebrating in Gaza. I guarantee you that. Mm. The people of Gaza are oppressed for so long, and they had to endure siege, they had to endure violence, many wars, uh, uh, for the sake of Hamas' uh, uh, lust for power, Mm. and for Hamas' political ambition. When this comes to an end, I promise you that the Palestinian people, first of all, will thank Israel Mm. for what they did. Second. The uh, idea of annihilating the Jews and the state of Israel will be dropped forever. You know, because Hamas is the, you can say, the last experiment uh, of uh, adapting violence, trying to annihilate and destroy the state of Israel. This didn't work for Yasser Arafat. It took him 40 years to realize this. And Hamas has been trying for 35 years to destroy Israel. Finally, I hope that they will come to this understanding that Israel is going nowhere. If they insist on annihilating Israel, and of course, if Iran keeps on insisting uh, on this goal, this means the destruction of the entire region. This is the only uncertain outcome of this because Israel is going nowhere. Right, and this is the concern. This is an existential threat for Israel, and you're going up against a death cult that literally believes their pathway to heaven is by killing Jews. Now, is Iran serious, or are they just, you know, they just keep funding the proxies? They'll just keep building proxies. Do you know, by the way, that we've hit Iranian assets in Syria? They've hit us in Syria. Do you know that? Like almost two dozen. Two dozen different attacks against us by Iran, Syria, and Iraq. Mossab Hassan Youssef, the son of one of the founders of Hamas, he uh, was imprisoned in, in an Israeli prison where he saw Hamas members torture and kill Hamas and Palestinian people. And I suspect at that point, I've not read his autobiography, but he wrote a book called Son of Hamas. There was a film made of it called The Green Prince. And uh, green is the color of Hamas. And he, um, he became an informant for Israel. And now he's an advocate for Israel. He was on the Piers Morgan show the other day. And... I got to tell you, his line there about, you know, the Palestinians are going to be, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll celebrate Israel, they'll thank Israel for getting rid of Hamas. Uh, I got to tell you that that did sound an awful lot like uh, they'll treat us as liberators or greet us as liberators. So I'm not so, I'm not so confident in that. But he, he says, war is the only way to achieve peace here. If, if Hamas is not removed from power, uh, then they will uh, build more military, they will build uh, longer uh, range missiles, and 
the next attack, the next war is going to be deadlier. The use of force is the last resort. You can find this in every culture. And unfortunately, now Hamas left Israel and the free world as well with no choice uh, but to fight them and put an end for their violence. Uh, many civilians are dying. I understand this. Their blood is on the hands of Hamas and Hamas only. It's, it's interesting you say that because a lot of pro-Palestinians who I've had on the show in the last two weeks don't accept that argument. They say the blood of the civilians in Gaza is exclusively on the hands of Israel and that Israel's waged uh, a repressive occupation for many decades. Um, there's been a prison camp for Gazans for a long, long time. And that, that has created the environment through which a terror group like Hamas can thrive and indeed win an election, as they did in 2005. Do you buy into any of that? I mean, do you think that Israel has overreacted already to what happened to them? Their argument is, what is proportion when you have a terror attack like that on your people? Look, since my childhood, uh, and I am hearing the stories from pro-Palestine and from those who are using what's so-called the Palestinian cause, they care the least for the Palestinian children and their future. You know, I, I am the legit, uh, legitimate representative of the Palestinian children. The child within me speaks. I don't want somebody coming from London or somebody coming from the other side of the world to tell me what is the struggle of the Palestinian children. The Palestinian children, the Palestinian society has been hijacked by these criminals and anybody who takes side, their side is participating in their crime. This is my answer to those people. And for the civilian casualties, etc. you know, first of all, Hamas is using, and it's very clearly, it's a fact that Hamas used civilians as human sheets. It's a fact. Then it's a fact that Israel call and warn civilians to evacuate buildings before they strike them. But in the meantime, Hamas put roadblocks to stop civilians from evacuating to safe zones. Hamas single misfire killed hundreds of refugees taking shelter at a hospital and they blamed Israel. What are we talking about here? Israel is a democracy. Israel is accountable. Israel is not thirsty for the Palestinian blood. In the meantime, Israel is capable of wiping out Arab capitals in seconds. Why Israel does not attempt to abuse its power? But why when the Arabs have just a little bit of power, couple of missiles, they misuse power by launching them at civilians and kill them in their living rooms. We have a fundamental problem and we need to stop blaming Israel. We invited this upon our heads and the rest of the world. If they don't know the reality on the ground, it's better that they shut up. It's better that they shut up. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. 
Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Got a message from Timoteo. It says, uh, this is a point in history where the FCC ban on obscene, indecent, and profane broadcasts needs to be suspended so every person may see clearly what we are fighting against. Um, regarding the uh, the videos. And by the way, they they are out there. You know, people who demand to see the video or didn't happen, they can go find them. They just don't want to because that would really mess up their their narrative, their beliefs, their desire to believe. So the uh, Green Prince, Mossab Hassan Youssef, son of Hamas, founder, and um, turned against Hamas, and uh, he's calling for Hamas to be eradicated. And Israel needs to do it now or it's going to get worse. The next war will be even worse. Um, Piers Morgan asked if the Israelis, though, were taking the best course of action and whether the airstrikes and the ground invasion could radicalize more Palestinian youth. You've heard this argument, I am sure, right? Israel can't go in there. If they go in there, uh, they're going to create the next generation of terrorists and it's just the cycle of violence continues, right? So what does... What does the Green Prince say about that? Listen to this. We are going to remove Hamas from power. Remember my words, okay? And Hamas did not only bring the wrath of Israel over Gaza. Hamas brought the wrath of God. We are going to remove them from power, and we are going to persecute their leaders, and we are going to bring them to justice, and the world will witness their punishment. And everyone who who take their side today in this state of confusion, thinking that this is a joke, I tell those people that you are going to regret taking the side of Hamas. You are going to take the re- to regret taking the side of those criminals. I hope he's right. I hope he's right. Let me go back 20 years. This was on an episode of Politically Incorrect, and that was the program that Bill Maher hosted on ABC uh, back before, I believe this is from then. Yeah, because it's Christopher Hitchens, the late Christopher Hitchens. And this was uh, in the wake of 9-11. This was as, you know, America was going into the Middle East, Afghanistan, Iraq, and well, here, I'll just play it. 1788, when the United States was barely a country, right. it was having its um, sailors taken as slaves by the Barbary states, the states of the Ottoman Empire in North Africa. Tripoli. Tripoli. The shores exactly. of Tripoli. The shores of Tripoli. Ships uh, stopped. Its crews carried off into slavery. We right. estimate one and a half million European and American slaves taken between 1750 and 1815. Jefferson and Adams went to their ambassador in London and said, why do you do this to us? The United States has never had a quarrel with the Muslim world of any kind. We weren't in the Crusades. We weren't in the war in Spain. Why do you do this to our people and our ships? Why do you plunder and enslave 
our people. And the ambassador said very plainly, Mr. Abdul Rahman said, because the Quran gives us permission to do so, because you are infidels. And that's our answer. And Jefferson said, well, in that case, I will send a navy which will crush your state, which he did. Islamic fundamentalism is not created by American democracy. It's a lie to say so. It's a masochistic lie. And it excuses those who are the real criminals, and it blames us for the attacks made upon us. Right. So this this tale, I remember this was uh, popular at the time. This Thomas Jefferson connection, because the Barbary Coast Pirates were right. They were Muslims. And that this was the founding of the U.S. Marines. By the way, the term Leatherneck, this is where this comes from. The um, the first Marines that went, they wore uh, leather straps around their necks, big, thick leather bands. Why do you think they did that? Make it harder to chop their heads off. That's why they got the term leathernecks. And Thomas Jefferson, I remember I went to, uh, there was a, there's a college up in the mountains of uh, Western North Carolina, uh, Warren Wilson. Very, very lefty college. And I was invited there. I had actually gotten into a Twitter fight with a professor, and then he invited me to come to his class. And so I sat down, I did a, chat with his with his class and um one of the kids starts trying to argue that uh like we were founded with islamic principles too muslims and were part of our founding story and this and i said well explain what you mean by that and he brings up this thomas jefferson uh tidbit that you know jefferson had a quran yes he did have a quran he studied it to learn his enemy, <laughs> right? That's, he, he wasn't some, Thomas Jefferson wasn't a huge Muslim, you know, closeted Muslim or anything. No, they sent the Marines there to stop the Barbary Coast pirates from enslaving Americans and Europeans. So who are the colonizers again? The kid eventually got to the point where he was left uh, saying that, well, we use numbers and those are those are Arabic numbers. And so that's part of our founding, too. Like, OK, we're done. Like, you've been dismantled. <laughs> Look, I took no pleasure in doing that to a college kid. OK. All right. That's a lie. I did kind of. It was, yeah, I did. Did kind of enjoy it. That was kind of fun. What we are running into again here is what Thomas Sowell called, right, the conflict of visions. I went over this the other day. The unconstrained and the constrained visions. Two basic visions that basically inform how we approach politics. The unconstrained and the constrained. Steven Pinker, he took the same, uh, he took up this theory and he gave them, uh, he called he called Soul's explanation actually the best theory to date. And then he did a book where he referred to the unconstrained vision as the utopian vision and the constrained vision as the tragic vision. So utopian and tragic. So the utopian vision or the unconstrained vision, ultimately they believe that man is morally perfectible. And as you might guess, the constrained vision, not so much. We are not. Those with the tragic vision favor empirical evidence and time-tested structures and processes over intervention and personal experience. It demands checks and balances, refuses to accept that all people could put aside their innate self-interest. 
I have this vision. This is mine. The constrained vision. I prefer the systematic processes of the rule of law and the experience of tradition, that human nature is essentially unchanging, and that man is naturally, inherently self-interested, regardless of the best intentions. That is the default. And people who live in this utopian fantasy world, constantly messing it up. All right, let's see here. Before we get out of here, we'll get on Tony. Hello, welcome to the show. Tony, how are you? Hey, Pete, how you doing? Hey, I'm pretty good. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, thank you, I did, man. I hope yours was good. It was good. It was in bed. Did you go to any Halloween okay. parties? No, well, my granddaughter did. My granddaughter, uh, I think they had like a little uh, function at a church that my son and, and his girlfriend took her to, so I think she enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. cool, like a trunk or treat. I, I look forward to giving out candy, though. Yeah, yeah. It was a trunk or treat, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always enjoy giving out the candy, looking at the little kids with their outfits, though. They yeah. Costumes. I'll, yeah, yeah, I love, and the people, they never did this when I was when I was a kid, but the um, people dressing up their pets and taking them with them, too, on the walks, like, those are adorable. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm quite sure there's people out here that still do that, too. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was listening to what you were saying, uh, how you were describing what your, uh, I don't know if that was your philosophy or, or, or the way you view the world. It's like a, it's like conquered or be conquered type of. That's what I got out of it. I don't know if that's really what what it's saying, but is that what you're saying? So these conquered are, or be conquered. It's a no. There's a. It's the these are vi- the two visions in the way that people look at the world, and one is the unconstrained or utopian vision, and the other is the constrained or tragic vision. And I that that's mine. I I tend to view the world as that that man is fallen, man is sinful, human. Uh, our nature is essentially unchangeable, and if left to our own devices, uh, you know, we will look out for our own self-interest above others at a societal level. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, but that's not that. But that's the way you see it. But that's not the way you like it, though. Is that the way you like it? No, I mean, uh, that, but that's just that's the Limbaugh used to say this too, right? You you deal with the with the reality as it is with the world as it is. And that is the way the world is. The world is governed by the aggressive use of force and land is held by those strong enough to take it and hold it. And it's always been that way. It is that way right now. And if you want to prove, if you want proof of that, that's what Hamas just did, right? They live by that rule and now they're getting a dose of it in return. That's, this is the way it's always been. Well, okay. All right. Well, I, I get what you're saying on that, on that, on that level. Um, but but the thing about it is okay. Well, if if if, if Hamas is is like um, the terrorist group that everybody says that they are, they are. Okay. And yeah, they so, are. And so 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 therefore they they're defending themselves against this big powerful Israel, right? Well, I mean they launched a war against Israel. Okay. Yeah, I mean they did. Okay. October seventh is an act of war. You do that to any society, that you should expect an ass kicking. Yeah, but I don't think that. I, I think the slaughter should, should end. I really do. I, yeah, I would love for the violence to end as well. You know what? That yeah, would. Yeah. I, I got a pretty good uh, idea on how to end it too. You want to hear my idea? Yeah. All yeah. right. Hamas surrenders and they give back all the hostages and they turn over everybody that's in their organization to face trials. 
Okay, but okay, but let me ask you something. Yeah. What about okay? Okay, so you're still going to have the problem because the the, the the real reason of why it happened is still not going to be resolved. So why don't you resolve why it happened? No, that would resolve it if if Hamas surrenders, then you leave the Palestinian people to set up a different government. Okay, I got what you're saying. So if the government of Palestine were to no such leave, thing, I'm sorry. There's no such thing. There's no government of Palestine. Oh well, who was Israel fighting? I thought they was fighting another country. They were fighting. They're they fighting. fighting? No, no, that's not a, Hamas. Isn't another country? The Gaza Strip oh, is. Well, Gaza Strip's oh, not oh, a country. Oh, they jumping on the neighborhood? Is that what they doing? They yeah. bombing the neighborhood? If you would like to call 140 square miles a neighborhood, I guess you could call it that. Oh well, I thought Israel, which gets billions of dollars in funding for military and all mm-hmm. other aid mm-hmm. from America, mm-hmm. was actually in a fight against another country. No, well, you I were mean, mistaken, Tony. A military. Yeah, you were mistaken. Oh, yeah. So is it your? Hang on, Tony. Is it your suggestion? Is it your suggestion then that you are not to use a military in a combat situation unless it's another country you're fighting? Okay. All right. Well, is that what you're arguing? No, no, that's not my argument. But no, it's a terrible argument. I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine you would try to make it. No, that's not my argument. But what I'm saying is that, you know, Israel has. I mean, Hamas has no way of defeating Israel. I, I I would like to think. I would like to think so. They probably shouldn't have picked. They probably shouldn't have picked a fight with them. They probably shouldn't have gone to war with them. They probably shouldn't have like beheaded their babies, raped their women, stole their citizens. They probably shouldn't have done all that. I don't know. I mean, if you if you know you're in a weaker position. And you know that they can, I don't know, drop a nuke on you. I'm thinking you probably don't do that. I'm thinking maybe instead of spending the hundreds of millions of dollars that you could have used to build infrastructure and make your citizens' lives better, maybe you shouldn't have bought all the rockets, shouldn't have dug all the tunnels, shouldn't have put all your bases under hospitals and such. But what do I know? I'm just a radio host. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.